you know, I'm no social media expert, but I can post something on Facebook and make twenty, thirty thousand dollars. So let's. You want to do it with one of you guys? Want to have a play? Who's going to be the guinea pig? Ariel, oh. pick Luke. Yes. Luke. All right. Let's Luke's do it. The guinea pig. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acre. Before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're not already. And while you're there, drop us a review to let us know how we're doing. We'll read it here on the show. This week's featured review comes from Terry DeLeon. He says, he or she says, Game Changers, five stars. Wow, I am totally bowled over by how spot on this podcast is. It is exactly what the sales doctor ordered. The crayons Mm. have been pulled out. And the material is presented that makes a difference in how I approach marketing in my business. Thank you so much for your well-thought-out content and the valuable insight you give. You rock. Thank you very much for that review. Terry, (laughs) our guest today is Renee Rodriguez. Renee is the CEO of Valentum and has been a trusted advisor to leadership teams at Coca-Cola, 3M, Microsoft, Bank of America, and many more businesses. Renee applies the latest behavioral neuroscience in his work as a keynote speaker, world-class sales expert, and renowned speaker coach. Having trained over 100,000 people over the last 30 years, Renee is teaching professionals how to apply these skills to dramatically increase their effectiveness and happiness on the job. Renee, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, Renee, it's awesome to have you. We actually met, guys, Renee, at the Entrepreneur Conference. And you'll remember the Entrepreneur Conference because we interviewed JB, yep. the founder of the Entrepreneur Conference. And we were so blown away. that it Obviously, a huge lineup of speakers there, Grant Cardone, Brad Lee. And Renee really stuck out to us in our minds because we had never really heard him speak before. And he really has a great presentation on just the neuroscience and how do you present and how do you do that well. So I'm super excited to dive into that on this episode. But I would love to start, Renee, just with you sharing kind of your story, your background, how you got into what you're doing and what leads you up to today. Sure. Well, uh, like I said, first of all, thanks for having me on. And that conference was great. JB and Ryan are, are awesome. And sharing the stage with those guys was fun. How I got started, gosh, 27 years ago, my mother asked me a question to look around a room and tell me what everybody had in common. And I looked around and I was trying to figure out what was it skin color, where they were from, what they were wearing. And none of it was, was making sense. And she said, Renee, everybody has a brain. And if you understand how the brain works, everything becomes easier. Mm. And so I took that to heart. And uh, after getting cut my sophomore year in college in basketball, I didn't have anything to do. And I was, I was devastated and thinking that I was going to play in the NBA, which (laughs) I'm not a NBA material. I'm six foot three, 265 pounds. But, uh, you know, that was my dream. I wasn't 265 back then. And so that was my dream. And so I just, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to, I got a chance to talk to a CEO of a very large organization. And I said, what's the one thing that I got to do to be in your shoes when I get older? And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, Renee, you learn how to sell. If you learn how to sell, you'll always be employed. Mm. And I didn't really know at 18 years old what selling meant. I mean, I obviously understood the definition, but I didn't really understand it as a profession. Mm. And so I got a call or an e- a, a letter in the mail saying that I've been chosen because of my GPA to join this fast paced uh, sales marketing company in the health and wellness industry. And uh, I was thinking, okay, my GPA was a 2.3. Uh, so I don't know what they're talking about, but their mistake, I'm supposed to be in sales according to this guy. So I show up and it was a mass recruiting to be in cookware sales. And that started sort of the, the foundation of what 
began to change my life. The realization that basketball, I could be as good as a coach would allow you to be if you didn't like you. Hmm. But in basketball, basketball, you close a deal. No one's going to fire you. And if you close a deal and they fire you, there's a hundred companies waiting to hire you. I mean, you set your, you set the tone. You'll always be employed if you add value. And I think that became a foundational principle of understanding value creation and sort of the beginning of that. And so here I was with a neuroscience background, learning how to, you know, sell $2,500 sets of cookware, presenting 18, 19, 20 years old to people, closing these deals, sometimes selling $10,000 worth of cookware in a night, making 50% of that, right? And then getting a C in my communications class for sales presentation. When the night before, I just made five grand, right, in college. And I literally took the same presentation. I'm like, all right, well, I'll just do what I did last night. And then he gives me a C. <laughs> and so <laughs> seeing all of this was sort of eye-opening. And so then going, uh, getting hired after college by a change management consulting firm that dealt with um, massive scale culture change using brain research. So now here I'm taking hardcore sales. I'm looking at neuroscience and now looking at change management. And that sort of trajectory led us to uh, really me understanding behavior change and understanding that sales training, sales is about behavior. If, if I'm doing sales training, I'm trying to get you to make more phone calls. I'm trying to get you to speak differently, stand differently. That's a behavior change. Mm. And when you understand the neuroscience behind it, you realize that behavior change is difficult. It's we're designed to resist it. And so if we can understand the resistance process, everything becomes a lot easier. And so I looked at that approach to saying, how do we solve the resistance to change applied towards sales at the time? And then we looked at, okay, how do you apply resistance to change towards leadership and leadership behaviors, specifically leadership behaviors? Well, what the hell is a leadership behavior? That was a question I wrestled with for years. And we looked at that and we said, okay, so what is change in general? We looked at that with over 100,000 people we've trained on that. Where I've landed over the years is that the central component to all of it, whether you're in sales, real estate, insurance, financial advisory, whatever it is you do, you have to influence behavior. Mm. And influence is a science. It can be learned about anyone. Teachers need to influence behavior. Parents need to influence. And so that's where my main focus is. Why are we, why are we designed to resist change? Well, several reasons. One, the process of homeostasis. You know, you're, you're, you're designed to regulate your body temperature to be a certain way to stay alive. You're designed to regulate your environment for, for, for predictable environment. And if you can predict, I go around the corner and I know it's safe, that's a good thing. If I, go, if I don't know what's around that corner, it could be a bear, it could be a tiger, it could be a snake, it could be a cliff. That's a good way to not survive. And so your <laughs> DNA and your, the, the sort of the evolution of who we are is designed to resist it. Mm. We have negativity bias, which we're designed to see the negative, not because we're negative, pessimistic people, because seeing the negative keeps us alive longer. Mm. And so those are primitive sort of functions that we have that are alive and well in a very modern world. And so here in a modern world, we're trying to be positive. We're trying to see the lights, bright side of things. And we have a, a media that understands negativity bias and says, well, let's use neuroscience to drive viewership. Let's talk about how negative things are, even though things are really good. There's never been, statistically, science reasons, a better time to be alive mm. ever in history, ever. Yeah. Think about it. 
Listen, do you want to go back 50 years ago? Yeah. hundred years ago? No. I can have anything I want within 24, sometimes within two hours. I click it on my phone and I've got it. Even setting poverty aside, we've, we've solved more in the last, I think it's the last 10 years. I think it's been like, what is it, 12 years? And don't quote me exactly, but it's like 50% reduction in, 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 in hunger. It's hmm. crazy. Is and that so why there's so many positive things like in sales, you know, they always talk in, in the sales training that I've gone through and stuff like that. It's about the pain point and really honing in and this whole idea that bad news sells better than good news and that pain gets people to act way more than reward. Is there, does that play into the neuroscience there? Well, there's a difference between pain points and, and manipulating through um, fear. Okay. Two different things, right? We're all in sales. That means we solve problems for profit. And that's a good thing. I've got a problem right now. I've got uh, an oil change in my truck that needs to happen, but I travel a lot. I work a lot. And for me to stop, build my, put my truck in it, that's expensive and it's a pain in the butt. If somebody were to say, that's a pain point for Renee. And Renee, I'm going to charge you double, maybe triple what it normally costs. You can stop at Valvoline, rapid oil change, 30, 40 bucks. I'm going to charge you 150 bucks. Just keep doing what you're doing. Leave the keys outside. I'm going to go take care of it for you. I might even you know, put the truck through a wash, have it back for you. I do that all day long. Mm. Solving a problem for profit. And they might even say, Renee, if you don't do this, the cost of your truck is this. That's called good consulting, good advice, right? And so using fear though, is about saying, okay, with all the wonderful things that are happening and of 10 things that are happening to take one percentage, one point of 1% of something and shining a big bright light on that and forgetting all the other things that are happening so that you get viewership. There's an ethical issue there. Mm. I've never heard it broken down that way. It makes so much sense. So walk us through, because our audience, right, they're doing a ton of like presentations. Uh, mm -hmm. So they're going and they are presenting, maybe it's a real estate agent and they're presenting at their listing presentation and they're trying to come across the right way. They're trying to influence, <laughs> as you would say, that mm -hmm. prospective buyer that, hey, I'm the person that you should choose to work with. Can you give some tips that they should focus on, maybe there's frameworks that they can follow to be mm -hmm. the best presenter, to come across the best way to portray confidence to that buyer, that seller that they should be using them? Absolutely. Well, first thing, if you're in real estate, this is, this is going to apply to everybody. Real estate insurance apply to everybody. You don't have any patent monopolies. You don't have anything absolutely extraordinarily unique. It's very hard to find uh, unique differentiators in what you do. And so you got to ask yourself, what truly makes you unique? And since you don't have anything that is going to be, you know, a true competitive advantage, you got to think, okay, well, the customer experience, the level of trust and the relationship are what make me unique. How, what, how fast can I build trust? And we say, okay, well, we say that and everybody listening to this person say, yeah, of course. The next question is, well, how do I do that? That should be the next question. The good news is, is that trust is a sequence. The brain functions in a certain sequence. And if we understand the sequence, then we can go, okay, let's follow it. Most presentations don't follow the sequence. Mm. The sequence is that people have to feel safe with you, right? And this is called psychological safety. That means that if I say something, it's not going to be ridiculed. It's not going to be judged. That means if I make a decision with you, there's less risk. You know, there's all sorts of things. You create safety. Now, how do you create safety? Well, brands are a great way 
to create safety. If we have a trusted brand, why do we put trusted ahead of brand? You ever thought about that? <laughs> Because we know, if we say we trusted brand, I walk in, I know exactly what to expect. Yeah. Predictability, right? We talked about creating a predictable environment. That, that's using the psychology for us. <clears throat> Why are we designed to re resist change? Because we like predictable environments, right? Mm -hmm. And so brands create a predictable experience. If I don't know you, that's an unpredictable risk. So how do I get to know you? How do I get to know that? So do I like you? Do I trust you? Your handshake, how you show up, how well you listen, those types of things. Now, do you have a personal brand? I'm a strong believer in personal branding and not just following trends on TikTok and Reels. I'm talking about your personal brand to build something that truly is unique to you, putting out there what you believe so that when people find you, they go, ah, I know who they are. It's not about how many followers you have. It's not about how many. It's about when I follow you, do I know you? Mm. Do I really know you? And do I say, okay, wow, I read what they wrote. That is who they are. And when I meet you, they're the same person. How do you okay, communicate that cool. in your, so like, how are you communicating that in your social media um, to not only capture the attention, but also to build that trust? Like, I, know, I see what you're saying. Like, you, normally you look at a social media account, you see, okay, they've got 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 followers. They must have something to say. They've got an audience. But you're saying that, hey, that's not really the important part. It's more about how you're communicating. Well, they may have grown it through doing that. Who yeah. knows? <clears throat> right? Or they may have purchased those followers. And these days, you, you don't know. <laughs> right? And, the, you know, there's a value to a vanity metric like that. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm not a, a savvy social media person, I see, wow, they have a lot of followers. I will immediately have a response of giving you credibility. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's just, that's, that's just the truth. Right. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's like buying advertising. Yep. Right. You purchase that advertising and I see your name on a billboard. Wow. They must be somebody. No, I paid money to be up there and that's okay. It's, so <laughs> true. it's normal. Yep. You know, some people are against it. I, I think that there's lots of reasons to not do it, you know, but it's, I'm not here to judge whether you're right or wrong. And I'm no social media expert by any means. Mm. You know, I'm no social media expert, but I can post something on Facebook and make twenty, thirty thousand mm. dollars, and I'm that's just just that's a post on my personal personal page. So I do understand a little bit about having the right kind of followers. But here's what I'll say: <clears throat> You asked how do I do it. So let's. You want to do it with one of you guys? Want to play? Who's going to be the guinea pig? Ariel, oh. pick Luke. Yes. Luke. All right. Let's Luke's do it. The guinea pig. I'm the guinea pig. Who is myself? Right okay. here. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So now, uh, so what makes you unique? What makes me unique is that I grew up homeschooled, son of a pastor, all the way to college. The way I see the world is a little different, and I'm passionate about what I do to where I'm living kind of what I believe versus what everybody else is telling me to believe. So you grew up homeschooled, you're son of a pastor, you're very passionate, you see the world differently. And you kind of do your own thing, right? Yep. So now of those, would you say that those are your values? Uh, I would say- Let me try to put it on it. Like, so homeschooling, um, that's a unique thing. So do you believe education is important? Um, I do. I believe education is important, yes. Okay. So education is a value of yours. Um, so pastor, is faith important to you? Yep. Faith is extremely so important to me. So we've got education, we've got faith. And now how about passion? Being passionate, that's a value of yours? Yep. I believe that's the one okay. thing you can bring to the world. I agree with that one. Confirmed. So seeing, <laughs> seeing, the, 
seeing the world differently. Let's put a value to that. Let's say, so the seeing the world differently might be creativity. It might be uh, empathy. It might be, um, um, what would you say that the, the value behind it? Tell me about what do you mean by seeing the world differently? Um, I think um, I'm willing to step out in my own creativity using that word uh, that you gave um, and do and be confident enough to do my own thing and not live life based upon the opinions of others. Um, okay, I think so you believe in being unique. You believe in um, authenticity. Authentic. Yeah. Okay, I love it. So we've got education. You've got faith, right? You've got passion. You've got authentic. And then you do your own thing. So you believe in freedom. Is it freedom? Yep. Okay. So of all those, which one kind of resonates with you the most? Um, I would say probably um, helping people live a life of freedom. So the vision of my own company is we want to empower entrepreneurs uh, to live a life of freedom. Um, so but the, that the freedom do your own thing, right? Yeah, it transcends just business. It transcends to, obviously, you can get freedom through faith spiritually. You can get freedom through business and all that good stuff. Love that. So now here's what's really cool. You ever try to help, you ever try to help somebody identify their values and they sit there for weeks and they don't do that? We did it in about 30 seconds, maybe yeah. 60 seconds. It's pretty amazing. And what I've, and this is one of those life hacks that I realized that as I spent years doing values exercise, doing strategic planning exercise for companies that are in the millions to the billions. And I finally got to seeing a correlation that what we find unique about ourselves in business usually is a reflection of our values. Mm. And not usually, almost always. Because the work that we do is for serve one of two purposes, either to honor our past or heal it. And when we look at those two elements, we say, okay, now let's use the science. If those are your values, well, what do we know about values? They're formed between the ages of nine and 13. So then I go, okay. Hmm. So those values didn't come out of thin air. They came from something. And so the exploration is what happened to you around the ages of nine and 13 that developed this passion for freedom. And it usually is an event that happened or somebody significant that was around you. Hmm. So at that age, who was around you that really led to, when you think about freedom, who was the person that you go, wow, this is, this is that person that really represents freedom that taught me about that from an early on, early age is important. Yeah. The first name that comes to mind. Such a great question. My dad is the first one that comes to mind, Alan. Tell us about dad. Yeah. So my dad is a pastor. Um, I think the main thing that he has gotten across to myself in my whole life is that, um, you know, obviously is what's important in life. Like you can live your life for materialistic things. You can live your life for, you know, successes, rewards, but all those things fade, right? So he's obviously a pastor. So true freedom comes from knowing who you are in Christ, knowing who you are uh, by your maker and your creator. Love it. Knowing what makes you unique, knowing your gifts, right? And so if somebody were to ask you that in a presentation and you're a real estate agent, okay? Most people would start off with, well, one of the things that makes me unique about real estate, we really know the market. We've really studied the area. We have great marketing programs. We have the blah, 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 and the other BS, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm you, if I'm an agent, and somebody were to start and they'd meet, I say, you know, before we get started, I, uh, my father was one of the most influential people in my life. In fact, he was a, he was a, a pastor. So I'm, I'm a son of a pastor. And uh, what's interesting is when you grow up a son of a pastor, they ask you different questions and they challenge you in different ways. And one of the things that he would always challenge me on was, who was I? And as a kid, you hate those questions. I hated those questions growing up as a kid. But they always stuck with me. 
And I always watched my father guide people and walk them through that. But what was really interesting, probably the biggest gift that he gave me was that he lived that question. He knew who he was. And I watched him live a sense of freedom. He knew what his gifts were. He knew why he existed and he knew his purpose. And it was to serve the people and to be a follower of Christ, if that's the word that you want to use. And so I I share that with you today because I spent most of my life searching for that, which brings me to why I'm here in front of you. I have chosen that real estate is the way that I love to serve people. And that begins with listening to what your needs are, whether you work with me or not. I want to make sure that I understand why you're looking for a home, what you're looking to get out of this home, so that together we can walk through this process. It sometimes can be scary, but can be some of the most exciting times of our lives because these are the decisions that set the trajectory and the memories that can last a lifetime. <laughs> that is unbelievable. <laughs> he got claps. He got claps. Now that really is so, that is amazing. something else. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. I'm glad that's recorded so I can listen back to that over and over again. We saw you do that live, but it wasn't recorded. So now we got it recorded. Yeah, that (laughs) truly was amazing. So like you literally just broke down and allowed, like you just built such trust and such um, like that safe place. Well, can I ask a question before we we go down that path? Because I want to just take a step back. Luke did a very good job because you're used to, you've done bios. You've thought about what makes you unique. Sure. (laughs) What about... Because if you would have asked me that question, I'd been like, I have no idea. What do you? Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's do it. Ariel's like, let's do it. No, Producer genuinely, I feel like the more examples we get, the better it's going to help the listeners when they go and do this on their own. Yeah. So I'm team. Let's do it with Josh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think, I mean, but I don't the, know. The, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I don't. But, that's, but, that, but I think you know more than you think, and I think that's what I want people to understand. I agree with. I agree with Ariel. She's she's dead on. It's. The, the value is, and, and you can tell Luke has done a lot of work on this, and, and bravo to you, Luke. I think that that's, that's fantastic. And, but most people, you've done a lot more work than you realize. You do know more than you think, and you're actually living it. <clears throat> Just because you haven't found the words mm-hmm. doesn't mean you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's where, where, where my book is really trying to help people understand is how do you put the words to it? Because when you can put the words to it, it helps create a connection between who you are and what you do. When you create the, the verbal connection between who you are and what you do, the end result is purpose mm-hmm. and clarity. Mm. So we can do it just as fast. So let's, you want, you want to try it? I'm, I'm totally down. It doesn't take that long. Sure. Let's do it, Josh. All right. So, so don't, <laughs> don't, don't get yourself in this, in this mind of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And that's the only thing I tell people you're not allowed to say. You put effort into saying, I don't know. Mm. So don't put that effort. Put okay. the effort into saying, let me, th- it's okay, let me give this a shot. So okay. let me give this a shot. A couple things that make, that make, make you unique yes. at work or what, what would you say? And, and you don't have to give me marketing language. I just want, you know, like I care or whatever it is. What makes you unique? What makes me unique? Um, in, in, our, in our business, I was the first employee uh, with the organization. So that's a unique thing. Um, I am. When I say unique, I'm talking about like something you're proud about who you are. Like, you know, like I really care or something that you really, really makes you unique. Not, not, not something gotcha. that happened, okay. you know, by, by chance. Yes. I, I tend to be a very creative person. So a lot of creative ideas. Um, I really enjoy uh, helping people achieve uh, success in their own career and seeing them grow um, and being able to give them just those little bits of feedback and try and help them to see the answer for themselves um, is typically my approach. From, from that standpoint, um, very proud of 
kind of going back to the creative, like I love making things. So when I make something and somebody likes it, I get a lot of pride and satisfaction from that. So would you also say, you know, and I'll ask Luke, would you also say humility is a big one for him? Yes. He's a behind the scenes. I can't say doesn't that. like to take. I the can't glory, say that about myself. Yes. <laughs> I'm too humble. No, no, you can't say I'm. I mean, I'm the most humble person you've ever met. Yeah. You ever heard somebody say that? Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, really? You're most humble? Like number one, not number two? Like, no, no, the most humble. I'm like, oh, interesting. I've never met the most humble. <laughs> okay, so we've got we've got creative. You like to help people find success, and when you talked about <clears throat> helping people find their their own thing, you like to be a coach. It sounds like in coaching is about asking questions <clears throat> and drawing out of people what's within them and being a guide to that process. And then there's humility. So of those, so of being creative, helping people, coaching and humility, what, which one kind of draws in your heart the most? If I'm being honest, like I, like I want to say it's, if I'm being honest, the creative piece. Okay, great. So when you think about, remember ages of nine to 13, who was around, what was going on? Who, what comes to mind as a creative person or event or, Usually a person. It's when I first got into drawing um, because I was a big, I got into comic books. So I started drawing comic books and my, my parents were always very supportive of it. But my grandmother would always uh, take my drawings and make me sign them. And then she would make me sign them because she said, when you're famous one day, I'll have your, your signature. That's awesome. That is great. I got to love grandmas. And how did that, that make you feel? Uh, special, unique. Yeah. And so when you took that, tell me, tell me what else happened in terms of the creativity piece. Cause it sounds like you like to bring joy to people. Uh, for the other creative pieces, I was, um, it's around the first time. It's when I got my first guitar, I started playing the guitar. I was always involved in music in our church. Um, so kind of in the beginning was forced <laughs> into music <laughs> and then uh, eventually became you know, volunteered into uh, uh, musical endeavors. And so there's, is, would you agree that bringing joy to people is another part of it? Yes. So tell me about this in bringing joy. Where, where did you, so making grandma smile. Yeah. And you got um, playing music for people. Do you remember the first time you did that, played, played music for somebody? Uh, saw a response? Pu- publicly playing music, probably not until I was like, uh a little bit older, like 17, 18. I don't know about any like, <clears throat> well, no, I and take why, that back. What? I I was in the band and, um, and I had a, like a private teacher for, I played the oboe. Very cool. So, uh, <clears throat> so did you learn to bring joy to people? Who taught you to, to bring joy to people? If I, if I'm honest, I think my dad, yeah, my dad, a hundred percent. He's a big uh, ham. He's a, he's a big, he's a, he's on the radio. He's got his own, you know, he's like a radio announcer and he's, always the center of uh, the jokes. Always making people laugh, telling stories. And what did you admire about that? Um, how he could get people to laugh. What, but, what, what did, but what did you admire? What did that do for you? What, why did that make you feel good? So it makes people laugh, great. But what, you, you saw something in that. I don't know, other than seeing people happy. Yeah. What is it making, why, why is making people happy important to you? I, I'm not allowed to say I don't know. <laughs> nope. Just think I, about it. Put the energy into thinking about it. I guess because I like to be happy. I like to laugh. So it, there's, there's maybe an, 
an empathetic connection there to seeing others. So did you, did you ever watch somebody? So you, you watched the joy that you brought to people that your dad, do you admire your dad? What, yeah. what, what does your dad mean to you? Um, he was a very, what does he mean to me? Um, I got to put some thought into it. Um, he, he was a very supportive, very uh, engaging, like interactive uh, dad, like would, would play with us kids all the time throws around but his climb was back like he was just always always having fun with us it's just kind of he was there to serve yeah yeah 100 percent. okay yeah and what um so give me a sense of your audience um because before we were to think about real estate we were clear luke's audience is real estate who's your audience is maybe your podcast members podcast members same as luke yeah real estate agents but podcast members okay. so <clears throat> so somebody asks you you know what do you do and how do you explain your podcast you might say you know Along those lines, you might say something along the lines of, um, you know, ever since I was a kid, um, I remember the first time I drew something, I, I got into comics as an early age and, you know, they were cool, but my grandmother would always make me sign them. And she would always tell me that, you know, I want this signed because when you become famous, I want to have one of your signed autographed comics. And that kind of sparked something in me of this ability to create something with my hands and my creative thought and to bring joy to somebody because I saw how happy she was when I did it. And I remember picking up a guitar. And of course, you're not any good when you pick up a guitar, but when you start learning to play a tune, you start seeing people smile and you realize that you could actually affect somebody when you, when you do something creative with music. And, you know, I go back to even my father who's uh, lived his life on the radio and he was always the center of attention, but not as a selfish center of attention. He was always the one making jokes. And his genius was, he was always bringing joy to people's lives. And I watched him brighten people's day, make them feel better about themselves. And it wasn't about putting people down because there's humor that puts people down, but there's humor that lifts people up. And so I always knew that some way I wanted to do something that brought people joy and lifted them up. And we thought no better way than to create a platform for people to bring their businesses where we could make them the spotlight, ask them the questions that help them shine. And that is what the State Paid Podcast is about. <laughs> Dude, your day, unbelievable, That's man. So that is unbelievable. Yeah, you are no, gifted, Thank you for brother. forcing me to do that. That yeah. was, I appreciate that. That is amazing. So, so uh, do, can people do this with you? Do you offer a course where people can do that? I truly don't know. Um, do you offer like a course? I know you have the book. I would love for you to uh, share why you wrote the book, but did, do, you, do you have a course or something they can do to walk with you in doing that for their own business? Yeah, we, we actually do. In the book, obviously, <clears throat> please, you can go to amplifybook.com or go to meetrenee.com and, and click on the book. Amplify has two eyes at the end <clears throat> or amplify with a Y. But um, it's on Amazon. Doesn't print till April 26th, but we are number one on Amazon Business Communication, which is kind wow, of cool. Wow, man. Congrats, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we do. We have a course called Amplify. Okay. And the, the course is a three-day, highly intensive course. So imagine what we just did in a couple minutes, doing that for three days with only 10 people in the room. Mm. And so it is a transformative, life-changing uh, experience where you learn the formula that I just walked you through. And the formula is, is frame message tie down, but you learn the science behind it. We go through the exploration <clears throat> of your personal story, your origin story. And we, we build that origin story to then focus it on what your business value proposition is and what your objective is. 
So we work with people who are keynote speakers, right? People that are already successful. Like, you know, Brad and I talk about this all the time. He's a big fan of the process. I'm a big fan of who he is. And, and you know, he's, he's such an amazing storyteller. But now he's mm-hmm. like, tell me about the tie downs. And we're kind of walked through and we're going to be doing an event together in uh, May, I believe, where we're going to be, you know, kind of merging what he does around social media and personal branding and this methodology. But um, that course is two and a half days. It begins over dinner the first night, which is actually a workshop over dinner. We work with a world-class chef to create a 10-course tasting menu all around the concept of a piece of chicken with no story ends up on the dollar menu at KFC. But a piece of chicken with a story, you might pay $150 to eat it off a tasting menu. (laughs) And so they get 10 courses and 10 lessons that night all around this process. And people will tell you that even after that dinner, it's worth a $6,000 entry fee to do it. And then we spend two full days with you all in front of the room and me within about two to three feet away from you, dissecting body language, your sequence, your timing, your story, quirks, all of it to create what we call congruency. Congruency is your mouth is saying something, but your body is saying another. That's incongruency. And to align both of those can be a really difficult process, but an extremely rewarding one. Because what I just did is you heard the way I delivered it, it was a congruent message, but also congruent in delivery. Mm -hmm. If I were to change the delivery style, I could do a bunch of things with my voice that would make it sound a lot different. And so we treat, we teach people how to find their voice as well. No, you can tell. And I remember from the entrepreneur conference too, it's just like all the nervous ticks that you have that you don't even notice because you were breaking down someone that you had brought up on stage and kudos to that person for being brave enough to go up there, but just how they held their hands, what they did with their shoulders, the tone, all that stuff you had broken down. And it was really, really insightful. It's actually made me since the entrepreneur conference, it's made me realize so much more how I talk with my hands. Like you can see me now, I talk with my hands all the time, like what I do intrinsically that I don't even realize and I'm constantly doing it, but I've never thought through mm-hmm. how does that actually come you know, across, come across yeah. to the actual prospect when they're actually watching me. The way you're doing it very congruently, right? Because you're, you're, it follows, it's an authentic communication. If you, if you are in, in, in congruence, your, your words are going to follow, your body's going to follow your words and, your body, and vice versa. When you're overthinking it and you're inventing, you don't know where to put it. And so there's no connection between your body and your, and your words. Mm. And so managing that is also managing the stress response as well. I love it. I feel like I could talk to you for hours, man. Like just so good. I (laughs) love it. Thank you so much for coming on. We have a couple final questions for you that we ask everybody that comes on the show. Um, Josh and I are really passionate about self-development and just trying to get, you know, people may call it chasing the better version of yourself every single day. And we find that successful people tend to have routines that they've Mm. implemented in their life. And I'd love to hear, do you have a routine that you look back on now and you go, yeah, that routine has proven to be successful for me. You know, I'd, I'd probably give you a routine that I do before I speak. Okay. And, you know, there I can give you the workout routines and you can Google those. There's morning routines. There's a million of those out there and they're all good. The, the best routine is the one you use. Mm. And we all need routines and we all need something to get us in a groove to best prepare us. Every basketball player has a routine before they shoot a free throw. You know, you've got golfers have routines before they do things. Baseball players have routines before they go to the plate. We need routines before we speak and communicate. Hmm. Mine is one about connecting to my heart, connecting to something that is away from my ego. 
when you're good at anything, <clears throat> you have that temptation to lose track of why you're there and your ego can take over very easily. And you have to surrender to that. You have to realize it. If you're naive to it, the, the speaking game, the influence game can be very addicting. And so when I tell people, so once I show you this process, the next, and you get come good at it, the next challenge is I'm going to teach you how to tame it. Hmm. You have to tame it. And so for me, I follow a routine where I go before I go on stage, you feel the nerves come up. And I tell people that butterflies will never go away, but you can teach them to fly in formation. And so we look at that and say, okay, so even before entrepreneur conference, I don't know if you saw, but I was there about an hour early and I walk the audience and one, I like to know who's in the audience. I knew this was a different group. We're going to have people, I was told it was real estate. I was told it was this, but I also learned there were yoga instructors and fitness instructors or people with uh, companies that were in network marketing. There were people with financial advisory. There's people there that were consulting on, on selling herbs and plants and, and <clears throat> walking the audience. I get a chance to walk way up high in the in nosebleed sections. And, you know, so there was all sorts of things that you could learn from doing that. One, shaking people's hand calmed me down. And then, but two, before I go on stage, I breathe, take a deep breath, and I tell myself, Lord, help me express that impress today. Let me express what I know, and let me share what it is that, that I believe versus trying to be impressive. And that's the hard one because there's, nobody wants to go on stage and not be impressive. Right. <laughs> so we want to be impressive, but you have to stop trying to be impressive. And that's a really hard paradox. And so help me express, not impress. And I go through a routine where I picture myself climbing up a mountain, and I finally get to the top and I get there, take a deep breath. And I feel so high that the clouds are below me. I feel the stress and the anxiety sort of come about me. And I look down and I will say, well, you know, help me express that impress. And, you know, depending on where, you know, if you want me to go, I can tell you exactly what I say. I don't typically share it. Um, it is a personal belief, but my mother was a former nun. Okay. And uh, thank God she's not a nun anymore. <laughs> for my sake, but, um, <laughs> she did teach me some things. And one day she told me that, um, and you know, and I'm a, I, I'm a very openly spiritual person. You know, I, I love what Buddhists have to say. I love, you know, all sorts of religious, you know, texts are, are beautiful. And, and his last words on the cross were something that really resonated with me. You know, after he got, uh, he got upset and cursed his father, he finally surrendered and he said, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Mm. And so whether you believe in anything or not, I think it's a, interesting way of letting go. And I would say those words and I would jump off the cliff and somehow I'd begin to fly. So for me, that was a symbolic way of just releasing and just letting go. And when you practice hard enough, you can let go when game time comes. I love that. And so that to me is the routine that really has taken me the furthest probably. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Last question that we would love to ask. I'd love to hear your answer to this one. Knowing what you know now, all of the research that you've done, all of the life experiences that you've had, what would you go back and tell younger Renee? Maybe that kid right before your mom asked you, what are the, uh, what's in common with everyone in this room? What would you go back and, and tell younger Renee? That there's no way to skirt around failure. Fail more often, fail harder, fail bigger, fail sooner. Hmm. You're not going to escape it. <laughs> it's just no amen, way around Amen it. to that. No sense of being afraid of it. <laughs> not Absolutely. Escape. All right, Renee, thank you so much for coming on. Before we close out here, let people know how they can connect with you, what your website is. My website is meetrene.com, M-E-E-T, not M-E-A-T. I don't know where that'll take you, but M-E-E-T, Renee, R-E-N-E.com. 
And uh, follow me on Instagram at speak S-E-E, Renee, R-E-N-E, speak.com. And almost all my social media uh, pieces are there. Also, my YouTube channel is, uh, we're putting a lot of effort on a YouTube channel. We also have a podcast called The Neuroside. Uh, you can find all of that on my website, meetrene.com. Awesome. Thank you so and much. And buy the book. And buy the make book. sure yes. to buy the book April 26th, right? April, April but no, 20- buy it now. Well, buy it we now. To, we okay, you got the pre-orders. Pre-orders, pre-orders right. are what get us on the bestseller. We're very close to hitting a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Oh, I love that. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, so make sure to search Amplify Your Influence uh, on Amazon, or we'll include the links to the website in the show notes for this as well. You can get all of those links that Renee mentioned at staypaidpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, the first, uh, two ways we ask you to do it. The first way is to head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star rating, let us know what you thought about this show, and then the best way is to share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media, share it word of mouth, however you do it, just make sure to share it. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acre. Man, I feel blessed for this episode. Just what a great episode. I got a ton out of it. So just very appreciative for that. Want to boil this down to an action item that you can take action on in your business tomorrow. That's the passion behind this podcast. I would really, really challenge you to go through that exercise that you just heard Renee do, where you really you know, solidify what makes you unique, what are your values, which leads you to your purpose. And that's what's going to get people to work with you. Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 